Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Shop in-store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Yes, good morning. It's 6 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's Thursday the 10th of February. And well, we're on a nice wee bit earlier today because that's what we want to do. We want to get on the airways and share some sport with you because it's it's all happening. There's lots happening around the world here and abroad. We've got a jam-packed show. There is lots, lots on. And like always, we want you to be a part of this show. So if we say anything, we've got any comments you agree, you disagree, flick us a text on double eight double three. We want to hear from you throughout the morning. You make the show fly this morning, so keep those texts coming through and uh, give us a call anytime on the Kennards Hire phone line 0800 150 811. We'd love to hear your voice about what you're thinking about the current state of sport around the world. Anyway, what we got going on today? Well, we spoke about bobsled or bobsleigh the other day, Tuesday in fact. And that inspired Bears and myself to maybe give it a go. We found a coach. Bears doesn't know this, but we found a coach. Found a coach for our bobsled team, and he is a former bobsledder who competed at the '98 and '02 Winter Games. And he's he's a former bobsledder, and he's going to help us on our wee journey to the Winter Olympics. Angus Ross. We're going to chat to Angus Ross just after 7 o'clock. Bears is looking at me going, what's going on? But he doesn't know. We're going to the Olympics, mate. We're going to the Olympics. Now, we're going to have a good chat to Angus Ross about bobsledding and uh, about the Winter Olympics. Looking forward to that. It is on the forefront of our minds at the moment. There's lots going on. I love watching it on telly. So looking forward to chatting to him. And then our USC theme quiz. It's this morning. It's at 7.20. 7.20-ish, we're going to do our USC thing quiz. So what do we need? We need you to call. One of you will go off Team Bears and one of you will go off Team Izzy, giving you the chance to win $50 uh, Musashi uh, pack, courtesy of the team at Musashi. So uh, the coin toss is very, very important. That's something I've figured out. You win the toss, you win the you win the game. It's a bit like cricket, really. A bit like cricket. There you go. So looking forward to that at 7.40-ish. And then big news. 
Big news in the harness racing New Zealand world. Heard of the event Everest? The big money-making event Everest over in Australia. I think it's about 16 million going to the pot. The winner takes about 6 million. So Steve Hansen and Nature Strip, they got paid last year. Well, it's not quite as lucrative as that, but it's getting there. It's getting there. We've got a race in New Zealand now. Harness Racing New Zealand have done a race. It's worth 900k. You buy a slot. You buy a slot for your horse, you enter it in. I think the winner roughly gets about 400k, and then it's filtered down. Second place, 120-ish, or something like that, 90k, blah, blah, blah. And I think every horse will take away around 37k. It is big, big news in the harness racing world, and we're going to chat to David Branch. He's the CEO of Cambridge Raceway, and just get his thoughts on uh, on what's just transpired over there in harness racing. It is huge, huge. And maybe could we get something in uh, the thoroughbred racing world, Bears? That will be quite lucrative and be exciting for the owners around the country. I'm looking forward to chatting to him about that. And then we've got our Razine Cricket catch-up this morning. We'll cross overseas to catch up with English right-arm fast bowler Steve Finn to get his take on what's unfolded with England. They've named their side to travel to West Indies and they've welded the axe. The axe has been welded. And, well, Addison's gone. Broad's gone. Josh Butler's gone. There's a few big stars. A lot of wickets have been taken away from that team. Paul Collingwood, um, Andrew Strauss have come in and welded the axe. So uh, looking forward to getting your take on that, Baz, and also Steve Finn just after 8 o'clock for our Razine Cricket catch-up. And then to end the show... We're going to head across a ditch for our own catch-up, courtesy of Court Kings with Hops Magoo, Tom Abercrombie. See how he's tracking as of late and get his wee take on not only the breakers in the NBL, the NBA. It's all happening over there. Lakers got a hating yesterday, my Lakers, against the Milwaukee Bucks. And, um, yeah, all the gear, no idea over there in LA at the moment. But anyway, we'll get uh, Tom Abercrombie's take on that towards the end of the show. Like always, give us a text. Double eight double three, or give us a call on the Kennard's High phone line 0800 150 811. That is enough of my voice. Say hi to everyone up in Auckland. They're up and about in the kitchen. The kitchen's flying. Louis's up and about, steaming around the studios. And uh, good morning to you, Emma. Hope you've had uh, had a good morning so far. And I'll cross over to Baz, Skipper McCullum, and say good morning. How are you, brother? Good morning, Izzy. Good morning, everyone up in Auckland. Louis, Kez, Joe, Emma. Good morning to all of you guys up there. And uh, yeah, all good. Where I am is. I know it's uh, speaking to you before we jumped on here. It's a little, uh, it's a little wet down there, which is a bit disappointing mm. for your golfing aspirations over the next couple of days. But such is life. Um, plenty mm. going on in the sporting world. Far out. What about Pat Cummins' response? His statement he put out yesterday, whack, we'll deal with that a little bit later on as well. We're going to get on to that as the show gets uh, gets further on this morning. Looking forward to talking to Steve Finn. I think you're going to enjoy Steve Finn. We call him the Gee. He, uh, he's a yep. ripping bloke, mate. Absolute champion. Mm. He actually came out and played for Otago when I was still playing um, down there in Otago. He came out as an uh, overseas player before he sort of really... Um, they made it as an international cricketer, and and he was a, a fan favourite, and uh, the boys absolutely loved him. He's a ripping bloke, and um, looking forward to chatting to him. He's doing a bit of commentary stuff now, which is which is cool. And 
pretty sure he's still rolling the old arm over. God, he was quick, mate, in his day. He, yeah? Yes, big, tall fella, too. Yeah, and then he then he sort of just dropped his pace a little bit. But, yeah, very good bowler and, and ripping blokes. So looking forward to talking to him. I'm sure he'll be slightly bemused about the fact that they've left out James Anderson mm. and Stuart Broad, leaving out the best part of, what, 1,200 test wickets out of your side when you've got yep. a, a struggling side. as One and two. Intriguing, isn't it? So I'm sure that you'll have a uh, have some sort of opinion on that as well. Um, yeah, the, and the other bit of news yesterday, Bruce Sherrick. We've had him on the show a few mm. times. He's now the new CEO of NZTA. <laughs> a How big cool work. That? That's cool. How good is that? Does that mean we sort of like Good access to all of that stuff because we've had him on the show a few times. Surely. We had Bernard Saundry and he was always great. But, you know, Bruce, a friend of the show, maybe he can give us a couple of... You, you know, you know Bruce, is, Bruce has had a bit of wit. You know, he's always had a bit of a wit and, you know, he's a bit of, bit of banter and he's always gone at Kempe and he's always said some... Yeah. Yeah, he's taken these small steps. I've only known him for six months and he's taken these small steps. And now he's top of the ladder, big wig. Are we still going to get that same banter out of him and the same little bit of wittiness from from the big man? I hope so. It'd be disappointing <laughs> if not. I mean, they're that, that all the traits that got him there, no doubt, let alone his mm. sharp business brain. <laughs> but all of those, yeah. uh, you know, those personality traits would have been would have been what was highly desirable for those at NZTR to put him in that position. So he's got a big job on his hands, but as... As uh, we discussed yesterday, things are, there's a plan in place and it's going to need time to be able to to be implemented so that we don't have the situation like we had over the weekend where some of our premier race meetings are called off because of the track conditions and and I'm sure Bruce will he'll handle it. He'll deal with it. It's good to see him in the chair. Um, White Ferns won overnight as well. Is, yeah, mate. Well, not overnight, yesterday. So nice little start to their... Uh, their aspirational period with the World Cup not too far away. Nice little win over India. The girls, that was a T20, but the girls did well, so that would be a nice confidence booster, mate, for them. Um, what else? Oh, I got up to. Uh, I got up to a bit of fun yesterday. Is I caught up with one of your old mates actually, Ali Williams. Mm. Oh, Ali and is he behaving? New girlfriend. Anna Mowbray, um, yeah, he was behaving. Best behaviour. Yeah. Best mm. behaviour was Ali. Wow. So that was quite good, catching up with him. He's doing, he's doing well, actually. Um, and well, Stephen Ferguson, you remember Stephen Ferguson? <laughs> yeah, of course he is, yeah. yeah. Um, remember Stephen Ferguson? Ian Ferguson's son, who was, yeah. Uh, yeah. he was a rower, Olympic rower, and then, then he went on and he was, Grinder on the boat for Team New Zealand. Stacked, mate. Arms on him. Mm. Are you having a laugh? His arms are like yeah. the size of my legs. <laughs> That's not hard, but he is massive, mate. Just a weapon. So he was he was good cracking. Checked out a few yearlings at uh, Pencaro over there at Sir Peter Vallis place and uh, continue to do so this afternoon. A few yearlings around, around the place, as you do heading into the cracker sale. But it was a good, nice old lunch over there, actually, mate. So didn't get into too much trouble. Which mate, you've had a great day. Big yeah. fat Cuban cigar. Can you hear it in my voice this you morning? Have I've got the radio voice on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't 
can't do cigars, mate. Straight to the head, and I'll just get mean head rush. No good for me. No good for me. I tried to have one with you in Millbrook, and I lasted about one minute. I'm done. But, mate, you've had a good day. You've had a jam-packed day. I've had a horrible day. It's terrible weather down here. Christchurch has been raining. It's Everything's going on. And uh, it's it's been hopeless. But I went, I went out yesterday, had a wee train. Went and did, some, did a little bit of training. Had a couple of meetings in the morning. Did some training and came back. And kids were at, uh, at daycare. So me and the wife were just yeah, catching up on a few things and getting some things aligned. And, um, you know, it was good, mate. And I've just had a text message come in from Rosa. He's in Gizzy. And he said the, the ads were playing over the top of us at the start of the show. So we've, we've sorted that out. Thanks for all your concerns. But shout out to Rosa and Gizzy. One of my good mates, he's tuned in um, down, up, up, up there in the North Island on the East Coast. Hope you have a good day, brother, up and nice and early. But, um, yeah, so I had a quiet day. Quiet day uh, yesterday, Baz, but great to see the White Ferns making a winning and, and a pretty emphatic win at the end of it as well. Um, you know, they set a solid target and bowled really well to keep India uh, shy of, of their total. So, um, yeah, great start for them, and they've got a big, big... ODI series coming up for that they'll be pretty much um, gunning to, to put in some good performance leading into that World Cup so well done to Sophie Devine and, and, and the girls I'm sure we're going to get them on very shortly but Bears quickly the news with Harness Harness Racing with that big big race and the money that's been thrown into this race obviously you need some some big um, you know guys have got big deep pockets to be able to invest all this money into that can we see something similar happening like the Everest in Australia, could we see something similar happening in New Zealand? And would that be, that would have to be a positive to, to potentially keep horses in New Zealand? If there was a big lucrative race for millions of dollars in New Zealand, could it happen, one? And would it be uh, positive for, for New Zealand racing? Yeah, it's an interesting point. Is uh, I guess I guess in Australia, one of the rationale for that was because you got such a competitive market over there. You got Racing New South Wales hitting it against Racing Victoria, so they they're constantly trying to um, steal off one another's, uh, I guess, the prestige and, and the and the limelight and attract the best horses. So therefore, you've got that competitive marketplace where supply is driving demand. And um, yeah, so I mean, here in New Zealand, we we probably don't have that. So I guess it might be a little less important. Um, it'd be great if we did have it, mm. but it would probably have to be driven by NZB, as we've seen with their, um, the Cracker Million and the Cracker Million three-year-old mm. race. Um, you know, they, they really invest in that kind of, those races, and, and I'm just not sure if there would be enough money to go around to be able to generate that same thing. Obviously, if you've got private investment from, from the outside, mm. um, then, then you'd be a chance. Hutchie's border slot in that uh, harness racing yes, mate. Um, race as well, which is pretty exciting. So, what does that mean for us? <laughs> where, where does that where does that mean we are? Do we get are we sitting mm -hmm. at the, in the hospitality tent on on race day? Surely, hundred percent we are. Hundred percent <laughs> we are, Bears. Yeah. Oh, so, this is yeah, well, that Another wee trip away. How do we get the, um, how do we negotiate to ensure we have a real life chance of winning the race too? Who do we have to speak to? Louis, who do we speak Louis? to? Um, I guess, well, there's only 10 horses, right? So mm. there's probably 
I don't know whether Australian horses will come because of the first year. I know definitely David Branch will talk about this when we get him on later, the CEO. He's, I'm actually curious to know what is he. The question you asked about the, um, uh, I guess, the, the Everest and what they've done in Australia. I'm curious to know if that's where the inspiration came from, David, to do this. And fair play to him mm. and the harness team for getting it up and off the ground faster than the thoroughbred crew. Like, this is, this mm. is fantastic. And... Um, I don't know how you go about getting the best horse. I guess there's negotiations. Hutchie's got his people in touch with other people at the moment. <laughs> Tense negotiations. And by the end of the week, hopefully Bears are in the next week while we'll have a live chance and something we can A, back and um, have a great night. How's this, though? It's on the Thursday night ahead of Good Friday. So you can absolutely send it, and then you've got the, the weekend to recover. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it. Well, we work Good hey, Fridays. Hey, what about... And Bears will, Bears will be there. <laughs> oh, oh, right. I think it's illegal to work Good Fridays, isn't it? Literally. <laughs> Smitty will be working. You're away, though. Ah, yes, <laughs> That's right. He's got to be careful of his age. He's working too long. Um, yeah. Louis, that answer, that, to answer that question that Izzy asked me around the thoroughbred, um, set up and and are we a chance of getting one here? Did that make sense? What I was saying about the competitive market in Australia driving that up and and maybe we don't quite have the same resources here for that, or or do you still think we can make it work? I think the hardest thing in the thoroughbred um, game, Baz, is the calendar. When you when mm. you would actually find it, because the the standard bred horses are a bit more hardy, and you can chuck a, a race for big prize money in on a Thursday night. And whilst David this, and it might not be that you know the horses will turn up because they can turn up somewhere you know ten days later. Um, but with the thoroughbred game, like as you know, Baz, you've actually today, mate. There's a a race going around that you won. You're actually the defending champion of with Tabata. Um, oh, and yeah, the wider up a thoroughbred breeders that's being raced for the stakes race being raced today at Hastings. So as you would know, these stakes races you target a long way out, and thoroughbreds are pretty particular beasts. So trying to get them ready. So at the moment, there's a number of Group One races and particular races that you want to target. The Everest, obviously, that just completely shook the calendar up because of the prize money. So what you were saying about we can't generate that amount of cash, bang on, correct. So we probably can't generate a race that's worth so much that you would throw the Group 1 calendar out or you would... So it's just about Mm. finding the perfect time and then the perfect scenario. I think we'll do it, though. In the next five years, I 100% expect a slot race. And I actually think Bruce Sharrick, a forward-thinking leader, will be at the forefront of making that happen and working with your studs, your Cambridge studs, your Tiakos, you know, the big players are making it happen. I think it will happen, but I think it's a, it's probably not as simple as it might have been for the harness. Um, but I could just be talking crap, so we'll ask David. Mm. Mm. David Ellis, was from you mentioned Tiako. He was at lunch yesterday too, actually. Um, he was in good form. Uh, they've got a big job in front of them over the next little while. You talk about investment in the game, far out. They spent a fortune at the old yelling sales is. So it's fascinating watching, mate, when you go to these yelling parades as well. And Louis, you would have been to a few yelling parades over over your time and, and you you watch these horsemen, these judges, and you've got horses just repeatedly coming out, right? And you just watch them go about their work. Like there's a there's a thousand horses going through the catalogue and they're trying to find the one to win the Caracamillion two year old race next year. And then they're trying to find potential group one horses moving forward so it's just amazing seeing these great judges 
And Lance O'Sullivan was there. Graham Richardson was there. There's these great judges checking out, you know, the, the potential next superstars, all based on what they look like as an athlete and what they walk like as an athlete. Because you can't see them run. You don't even know if they can run. <laughs> but they, you, you watch these guys and they're going to they'll spend a fortune at the sale trying to buy that next champion. But to watch them go through that whole process is fascinating. Did you find that too, Louis? Mate, bang on, and and the the what you're talking about is the like the pyramid of complication and everything they're trying to work out about whether this is a scopy type that could win a classic race or whether it can up and running and what it might need and the process of not just when you buy it but then what it might need and I'm I'm going down to see Hallmark Stud and Mark Baker this weekend and I was speaking to him yesterday and he made the point well it's not actually it's, sometimes you know these guys they 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 want to see how the horse's temperament is so the you know watching them at the sales when they come in in and out of the boxes and seeing if a filly can cop it, it could be the making and breaking of them because these yearling parades, Baz, they get shown around the nice ones time and time and time again, brought out of their box, trotted up, or sorry, you know, walked up and, oh, can you walk it on the grass? Okay, now can you walk it on the concrete? You know, each judge has a particular way they like it. And the temperament of them is so interesting to see from now or even a couple of months ago, really, to when the sales and when they actually get punched through the ring because that can make or break a horse. And how much, you know, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars could be shaved off a price if it doesn't quite crack it in the last few days. You know, it's it's there's so much to think about. It's really, truly fascinating. Is, I'd love to take you to some of these. There's yearling parades right throughout. They started on oh, yeah. Tuesday and then they run all the way through till Monday the 21st. And today I'm actually, I've got to go and catch up with uh, a mate around uh, 10 o'clock. But then this afternoon I'm going to bounce along. Valachi Downs has got a um, a yearling parade and then off to Prima Park. So I'm going to go and check out some more yearlings. But I'd love to take you there one day is and, and have a look. What sort of, mm. how do you reckon, what would be your strategy? I know we're going to get to the news in a sec, but... <laughs> I get to an ad, but what what would your strategy be, or if you were looking at horses, would you be look? What would you be looking to try and buy? Like oh, a big bears. horse, a smaller horse, like a? Would you be trying to mm. buy like a, a a flanker type of you know more of a staying type of horse, or would you be looking I'll to just, try and buy something like, I don't know, like a winger or a full? I look at this big as big front chest, and you know how they got those big bulge and muscles there. That's what yeah. I'll be looking for. Just the. The, the the muscles on the on the horse and and how big I don't need a big tall thing just a real solid athlete looking kind of um, slim yeah. fine muscly yeah that, that's something I'd go for mate color is very important too um, yeah yeah like a like a like a dark black or or you know what we spoke the other day about the grey and grey's not you I actually don't mind a grey so you know what when the yeah. horses are racing and a grey wins that's real like, why not pick the grey I don't mind a grey, so <laughs> colour's hugely important for me, babe, but what do I know? I've got no idea. I'll just be there for, no, the, well, for the... But that's, that's the thing, the, right? For the, um, like, for the entrees and... You know, good <laughs> but that's the thing, though, I reckon. Like, you, you've got to love what you're trying to buy, and, and there is mm. a lot of amazing judges, and they are undoubtedly um, uh, a proven track records. But there's nothing to stop you not walking into that ring and seeing something you love, walk, like, and it just grabs you. You fall in love with it just from that yeah. one second of watching the horse walk around, and you go, I've got to have that. You buy it. There's nothing that's going to stop you mm. going on having the best horse in in New Zealand, if if not Australasia. And that's the game, right? That, that is, in essence, the, the game of thoroughbred racing. 
So you can, you and myself and Louis and all the team, we can pit ourselves against royalty. We can race against the queen. Mm. We can race against billionaires. We can race against shakes. No one knows what makes a great horse ultimately. We can all look at horses and see them. But what you can't see from the outside of a horse is the will to win and the size of its heart. And that's what we all sort of try and yeah. fall in love with and try and try and work out yeah, how to yeah, pick those champions. So, oh, get us to the yearling sales. We'll be putting our hand up right now, wouldn't we, at the Caracas sales. 6.23 here in the morning another on horse. Baz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll just find it, mate. Don't worry. Someone else will they'll look after us. 6.23 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. 28 minutes past six here in the morning. Give us a call any time on the Kennard Tire phone line 0800 Well, you talk about horse racing, you talk about going to yearling sales. They do say that a great horse will change your life is, and you look for walk, attitude, mm. girth, and length. And also they say in racing, it really doesn't matter who you are. And that is exactly what stimulates you to be able to get in there and put your hand up and try and buy the one you want, not the one you, that you're left with. Well, we did that a couple of years ago with Pat Cummins at KKR. The auction's coming up soon. We went to about $3 million for him. You know why? Ooh. A, he's a gun bowler, but also B, he's one of those leaders. And, well, isn't he leading at the moment? He went whack over in Australia last night. No audio. I thought we had the audio there, Louis. Oh, sorry, mate. The audio is just a little bit long. It, that that's all. That's all good. But he, um, you're right. He did. He that did was such a good lead in. Too. That was that was yeah. that was really good. I didn't know. My best work, and then I'm like, the kitchen's fire. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, mate. That was really good. Oh, we, how you segued from the horse racing to going to three million for Bat Cummins? That's that's yeah. Oh, all right. Well, because he was a top colt. He was a top colt in the sale. Well, they he? call him Winx, don't expensive. they? I'll tell you what, interesting thing, I know we're going to get to the news now and we've completely coughed this one up, but, but <laughs> the thing about Pat Cummings, we did pay $3 million for him, and he's a wonderful looking athlete, but he turns in a little bit on one of his feet. So actually at the sales, they probably would have rubbed him out. A lot of those great judges would have said, nah, nah, he lands a little bit healy, and you know that's going to affect, it's going to hurt his legs, and he's going to end up with injuries. Well, he did have injuries when he was growing up, but he's come through them. And he's also got, for a fast bowler is, and you'll appreciate this, his middle finger, he's only got half a finger there. Mm-hmm. That's the one he puts his, his fingers, his fingers hey. on the seam. He's only got half a finger. Number one test bowler in the world for the last five years. So sometimes there are no rules too. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, intriguing. Anyway, we're going to play that Pat Cummins audio for you when we get a little bit more time because his leadership overnight was strong. Made big statements to those players who had come out in criticism of the handling of the players from in regards to the Justin Langer. Um, so you won't call it sacking because he did walk away, but it was effectively a sacking anyway. It's 6.30 here in the morning. We'll try this one. How's about we go to Emma with the news for Kubota? Together we are building and shaping New Zealand. SCNZ, 27 minutes away from 7. Thank you, Emma. Yeah, Reese Super Rugby tipping. you got to head there. you got to try and out-tip us. Izzy's got to be, well, he's got to be a pretty short favourite. He watches a lot of Super Rugby because he loves it. 
after, geez, your, your spiel on Roger Tuivasa Sheck, I went back and watched that last night, Izzy. You're sharp, mate. That was that was good. And the best stepper in the that goes around, I think that's probably um, a very, very fair point. Anyway, this is all about racing at the second. I feel like we'll start the show with loveracing.nz, and that's a good thing. Um, boys, Baz, I, I made the point, this is the anniversary of Tabata down there in... Nico, that was a good day with Marshy and Liss. I remember seeing her scream home on the outside. Did you reckon she was going to get up? Uh, no, I thought she ran a place, and I was stuck with that because it was her black type race. So then enhanced her pedigree, and you got that big bold. Well, the, it was lowercase, but it was bold print on the pedigree page, which is what the the female lines of racing is all about. Just trying to constantly improve the pedigree so I was, I was stoked for that let alone the fact that she actually got up and won and that was a heck of a night just quietly <laughs> <laughs> well, yes <laughs> it was um, she just flew Danielle Johnson got her absolutely just humming over the last like 50 metres let alone last 100 she was just flying um, and she obviously is, is, she, is, is she still in work or what's Tabata up to actually yeah, so I got a video she'd been spelling out at uh, Curramore, out at Gordy Cunningham's, and he is an absolute jet, by the way. If you, if you want a horse spelling anywhere in New Zealand, he would be right up there. His horsemanship and just love for the animal is phenomenal, his attention to detail as well. So she's been spelling there, and then she went in, uh, he sent a video through of her yesterday where she was going to uh, make her way to Margaret Park, where she's going to do a bit of water walking for a couple of weeks and back into the, the stable of Stephen Marsh. But look, hey, you never know, but I've never seen her look better. So I think, I didn't think, I thought last campaign she had zero luck. So hopefully this campaign is, is her time. Bang. Around the, the mile and a quarter. Yeah, that's uh, up over a bit of ground because on that day over the Breeders, she looked like she was just going to keep getting more ground the mile. So that race is back today. And you guys talked about Bruce Sharrick, who's um, he's got the new CEO gig. Well, there's a couple of synergies here. So Cinerama is the favourite today, although Belle Claire for Lisa Ladd is taking all the cash. Cinerama, I'm pretty sure Tony Kemp and Bruce Sharrick are in the ownership of this horse, and they might have bred her as well. Obviously, Bruce Sharrick, Alan Sharrick's brother. So you say, do you reckon Bruce will lose his wit? I don't reckon Al will let him lose anything. Um, I reckon he's going to be held very accountable by his family. Their dad obviously was a great trainer, so I think it's a great hire. So that's the Thoroughbred Breeders Stakes today. It's a really nice meeting at Hastings. We didn't have much luck at Ruakaki yesterday. It was funny old racing. Mm. They got stuck in the gates a couple of well, had to wait in the gates a couple of times. The track was it was good, but it was. I don't know what it was. I don't actually know the exact rating by the end of the day. They've had a bit of water down there in the CD. Cinerama won't mind that at all, being a Darcy Brahma. And um, I think Cinerama's a really nice chance, although the cash hasn't come, which you'd be waiting to see that from the Sharrock barn. Uh, Bell Clear, as I say, $6 into $4.50. And I just want to fire you up for the weekend, boys. How's it? I'm going to read you a list here. I'll try to do it quickly. These are the horses we have got racing this weekend. Because it is autumn, pretty much, and the racing heats back up. Coventina Bay, Levante, the chosen one on Trivier, Very Elegant Think It Over, Colette Hungry Heart, Ice Bath, Espiona, Fangirl, It's Me Lost and Running, I'm Thunderstruck Behemoth, Tofane, Sierra Sue, Artorius, Jaquinot. This weekend, the stars are back in New Zealand and Australia. The autumn is about to unleash 
if you're if you're kind of thinking about getting into racing, you've been listening along. This is a great weekend to try and acquaint yourself with some of the bigger horses and bigger barns because they're getting ready to unleash throughout the autumn. So very very exciting, is he? Oh, beautiful weekend of racing. That's going to lead nicely into Sunday when I put my nice short rib on and watch the UFC, mate. Love it, love it. I was actually looking at the yesterday's meeting, Cruzy Lass. Cruzy Lass won. And I remember Butch was on last week when he did his little rap after my little hiccup, and he was talking about the Cruzy Lass. Cruzy Lass won yesterday. Sam Weatherly had a good day out. So, yeah, the ones we kind of went into didn't really get on board. I was just trying to follow Opie. He had a slow day and a light day yesterday. But, um... Nah, loving it. Looking forward to racing. I'm going to have a wee look at Hastings today. There's a couple of good horses in there that I might steer a few into and have a wee punt. But um, cheers for that, Louie. Good wee update, mate. Awesome, awesome. What have we got coming up? We've got a quizzy. We've got a quizzy day coming up, Baz. Hey? <laughs> you reckon they got we it? Know, mate. You got your rhyming ready? Oh, the rhyming just comes to me, mate. You know, that's that creative, the creative genius which I, I possess when it comes to rhyming. It just arrives in the moment. I can't prepare for it. You know, it's a little bit like you and singing. It just arrives. So I'm ready. If you're ready, are you ready? I wonder I'm if they're all ready. Take on the is master, yeah. the quiz master, quizzy dag. Coming up after the break, you can win yourself a fifty dollar bonus bet. With TAB, get on some of those great horses which Louis reeled off there. Give us a call 0800 150811. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is, it's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like a skipper bass. Louie, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag But good luck to our quizzies cause the ain't in the bag Oh, 800-150-811 now, give it a go Good morning, good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ It's time for Quizzy Dag, take on that quiz master Ah, oh, the is master. It's that time. And well, remember, you got phone a friend. You got Buster Rhymes over there in Mata Mata. He'll be able to help you through the quiz and give you a little bit of something, a little lead in. Some of his rhymes have been great and some of them, well, <laughs> couldn't even understand what he's trying to say. I love it. Love it. So make sure you use that well, if you get a bit stuck. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is yep. not one of yep. my rhymes have ended up in the person not being able to get it though, they? <laughs> Actually, there was one. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that? What was it again? Hala uh, uh, Harlem or something like that. No, was it? it was, um, <laughs> oh, can't even remember. It was the French one, wasn't it? There was something anyway. There was something going on. Yeah, I can't really one. remember what it was, but yeah, that, that's right. But anyway, use bears. Let try and rhyme it. Use. Use <laughs> <laughs> fans if you get a bit stuck. Gonna win a cur- uh, TAB bonus bet voucher, 50 bucks, courtesy of the team at TAB. We're gonna go to Tim in Christchurch, and Tim, he understands my pain. How bad is this weather? Timmy, good morning. Oh, terrible. I literally drove out of my driveway this morning thinking it was the middle of winter. <laughs> it's terrible, mate. <laughs> February's usually our hottest month, too, so yeah. can't understand it, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll rip into it, mate. Good luck. Question number one. Which position did Kiwi Campbell Wright finish in the biathlon at the Winter Olympics? Um, oh, 32nd. 
Yes, to me. Well done. Question number two. Which White Ferns bowler starred with the bat to win player of the match in the T20 victory over India yesterday? Two. Yes, well done. Question cool. number three. Yep, beautiful. She played extremely well. Here we go. Question number three. Who did Australian Test captain Pat Cummings call a legend of cricket in a statement release yesterday? Who? Oh. Justin Langer. Nice, nice. Shot, kids. Here we go. Question number four. <laughs> How many Stanley Cup championships did NHL legend Wayne Gretzky win? Five, uh, um, four, three. I'm going to find a friend two. on that one. One. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So it's not too between, obvious, please. Not too obvious? Yeah. Oh, all right. It, it's ah, an even number in between two and six. Um, four. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Cheers, Bessa. How are you, Timmy? <laughs> oh, Timmy, Timmy. I, I think I owe you a beer for that one, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, line them up, brother. Question, <laughs> question number five. Germany, good luck. Germany and a team from which other country tied for gold in the two-man bobsleigh event at the 2018 Winter Games? Five. Um, Four, uh, three, no way. two. Oh, so close, Tim. Sorry, Timmy. You should have saved that phone a friend, brother. Great effort. Never mind, great, mate. Effort. <laughs> great effort. Great effort. Thanks very much, bud. We'll see you tomorrow. We're going to go to Mark and Tauranga. G'day, good, mate. How are you? Mark. <laughs> good. Today. Good, fella. We, we are good. I'm not going to lie to you. I had to, I had to Google, boys. I had to Google. Oh, yeah, good on you. That's clever. Good on you. Hopefully, I get it right. What is it? Is it Canada? See, see, I love your honesty, Mark. It's all about timing on the show, and you're obviously caller number two, so you've timed it to perfection. And, well, you're honest. You've come out and you've said you Googled it. And look, we can't control what you do at home. You know, it's up to you. And you've made that decision. Now you're $50 richer. Well done. Yep. Well, I'll let you boys, uh, I'll, I'll follow you boys in on one. How's that? Yeah. Beautiful. It's yes. effectively what are you going marked. to? What are you going to? You've set off the speed. You've set off the speed. What's and that? then just at the right moment, you've popped out like Opie Bossomwood, given him one little crack with the shillelagh and just gone whoosh, cast straight past. Outstanding. <laughs> well, a deserved win. Oh. Thanks, lads. What are you going to back? I don't know. I'll, I'll listen to you boys today, and we'll see what uh, what's good to go. <sighs> yeah. What kind of wine you got going on at home at the moment, Marky? Got Still live at Vavasaur, boys. Yeah. Yep, and oh, a few others. Bit yeah. of uh, uh, a Pinot. What is it? Not Stony Creek. Um, Cloudy Bay Pinot. Very, very good. Cloudy, Cloudy Bay. Yeah, they do a good job. Yeah. That was, a, that was a good drop you sent me, mate. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for calling, no Marky. You have a good day, and we'll hopefully lead you into something throughout the show. Cheers, brother. All good, lad.
over here, Braz. Beautiful. Uh, wow. Nice work. Nice quiz. Excellent job. Wow. Oh, I feel sorry wow. for him, but that's the game, right? It's an even that's number the heavy between lifting. two and six. It's an even number <laughs> between two and six. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> wow. <laughs> You should have seen oh, it. It's either two, four, generous. or six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling real generous. But, you know, oh, that's what we you. do. We're, we're generous people. Anyway, that was Quizzy Dag, brought to you by Ashley Martin. Not happy with your hair loss. Make today your turning point. Search Ashley Martin online. It is 6.51 here in the morning. I'm Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We'll be back very soon. Four minutes away from seven here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. Give us a call any time on the Kennards High phone line. 0800 150 or get your text flooding through to us on double eight double three as well. Well, that was a good quizzy dag. Plenty of fun. Very, a very strong effort from Tim. Four off the rail and then just bolted at the final hurdle before Mark mm. from Tauranga came in and just seized the uh, $50 bonus bet. Speaking of $50 bonus bet, and I know all those horses you mentioned before, Louis, which is quite an incredible uh, race card both across... Caulfield and um, and Sydney as well. But what about a horse called Espiona? Espiona. Baby mm. Winks, they're calling it. Absolutely freakish. Don't be shy to just put that into all your, mo- all, into all your multis at Ramwick Race 7. It's drawn a little wide in the gate 12. It's had two starts, two wins. James McDonald in the saddle carrying 56. Chris Waller trained. It's $1.60-ish. That thing could be anything. It could honestly be anything. We could see that be one of those rare horses, the black caviars, the winxes. We might be going off a little bit early after two wins, but there's plenty of uh, plenty of chat about it. Um, I'm going to try this again, Is I'm going to try it again. We talked about Pat Cummins earlier, and we talked about how he's made a big statement yesterday in response to Justin Langer um, standing down and the criticism that the players have faced. And him as captain has come out and said this. Please. I'd say I, I don't think he should be surprised though. You know, it's been two years with valuations in our environment at Cricket Australia. It's, I mean, it's probably pretty boring, but we get 360 reviewed all the time. So we get our strengths and weaknesses poked, prodded, always trying to learn on it. So yeah, I think it's become more public probably in the last week or two, but I don't think it's there's any big surprises. You know, from my point of view, it's got huge respect for the man. I love what he's done. I owe him a lot. He's been brilliant, not only for this team, but me individually. He's um, given me a lot of opportunity, backed me in a lot, so probably more or less what I passed on to him. And yeah, we're all good, and hopefully we can catch up soon and talk about it. And you know, he's someone I'm, I'm sure in the future I'll keep leaning on. I think he, he tweaked and changed a lot. You know, I really do. He made some big changes and, and deserve a lot of credit for that. Uh, yeah, I guess the question, you know, after the success of the last couple of months became, do we think it's sustainable? And we thought, no, it's, it's the right time to make a change. I think the players would you know, benefit from a more collaborative approach. You know, a big theme for this summer has been being more calm, more composed, and you know, that's been really clear in the feedback from players, support staff, and Cricket Australia, and I think that's the direction we want to take the team. So that was uh, Pat Cummins in response to the questions around Justin Langer standing down as captain the fact that the, that the players were seen to be having a big hand. He also did make one parting shot at the past players who had been very vocal in their defence of Justin Lang and the criticism of the players, mm. where he said, just as you're all standing up to uh, for your mates, I'm standing here standing up for my mates as well, which is a big statement mm. in response to all of the criticism from the current Australian captain leadership. Oh, it's 
the big, big, big bold play from Paddy Cummins. He's a wonderful bloke, but he's really taken on, taken on a lot of past creators here. Hopefully, they understand where he's coming from, and uh, and that situation subsides. But let's wait and see. Anyway, it's coming up seven o'clock in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast time for us to go and grab ourselves a McCafe. Emma's here with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Shop in store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. It's Thursday, the 10th of Feb, and it's just after 7 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Had a good hour so far. We had a good quiz. We've had a good quiz, and Mark's texted on the text line. Good morning, good morning, lads. I feel a bit stink for cheating and using Google. Marky, 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 you're not a hundred percent. You're not the only one that's ever googled it, so don't feel too bad. But he's come up with a solution that'll make him feel better. He's going to put his fifty dollar bet on, and if it gets up, he's going to donate the winnings to St John's New Zealand. So well done, Marky. Good luck for that, and hopefully you can raise some money for St John's New Zealand. I'm sure they'll be very, very appreciative of that. But, mate, thanks for your honesty. You're the only one that's really come on and said, hey, mate, I've Googled it, but here it is. So, well done. Don't feel too you Google bad the and too USA hard. Quiz. Do, who, me? Yeah. Bears. Bears. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie, I had the whole Bantam. I had all the um, all the division um, champions on my screen. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's okay. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> but I won't do that today because I've got it instilled in my mind. Ah, mate, here we go. What have we got coming on the show? Well, Baz, you spoke about it. The UFC-themed quiz is coming up shortly, 7.20-ish. We're going to do the themed quiz. Team Baz, Team is. Team Cheetah, Team Izzy, and uh, there's a coin toss is so important. If you win the coin toss, you win the game. Thanks to the team at Musashi, a $50 gift pack could be yours, courtesy of the team Musashi. So make sure you stay tuned and give us a call at 720-ish. I'll keep announcing that after the show. But coming up, we're going to talk some harness. What else are we going to talk? We're going to talk some Razine Cricket catch-up with Steve Finn over the across the ocean and catch up with him about the England squad. They've just named a squad. Anderson's gone. Broad is gone. They've welded the axe. Josh Butler's gone. Lots of changes. Saw Kevin Patterson's tweet last night. He was laughing. Lots of emojis laughing at that squad. Uh, hopefully one day we can get old KP on and then we're going to head across the ditch for our catch-up courtesy of Court Kings with Hops Magoo Tom, Tom Abercrombie and we're going to have a chat to him about how the breakers. Uh, a feeling it's been a tough old slog for them across the ditch and how he's uh, coping and, and as of late. So looking forward to chatting to him, but make sure you keep those texts coming through on double eight double three. We're going to have a chat to uh, a, a former Winter Olympics bobsledder. Former Winter Olympics bobsledder. If you heard the show last Friday, you would have heard us speculating how we would go at various Winter Olympic sports. Somewhere down the track, we decided we'd be starting a bobsleigh team, which might be a terrible idea, but would be fun. Tom Walsh had some advice for us. Um, I've just heard a little bit of chat about you trying to fit into a bobsled. and uh, I, I know for a fact, mate, that uh, your knees are no good, so that'd be no good. And you know, I, like, I know I wouldn't fit in one, but shit, mate, you don't have much of a hope either. 
<laughs> wow. So Tommy's just coming and swinging it, Dag. And well, <laughs> come see me now, mate. I can see three abs on my tummy. You won't. Anyway, it's a funny big Tom. It's funny big Tom is weighing in on this stuff because a man who works very closely with Tom for High Performance Sport New Zealand, making them the beast he is, actually competed at multiple Winter Olympics in the bobsleigh. It's Angus Ross, and he's on the line now. Good morning, Angus. Good morning. How are you doing, bud? Yeah, good, thank you. Awesome. Hey, mate, how's, how's, how are you enjoying the Winter Olympics? Have you been um, you know, having a good old watch on the telly and enjoying it? For myself and Bears, we've been at Absolutely loving it. Yeah, no, it's been good. I haven't, um, I haven't watched a hell of a lot, but I, I, the bits that I've seen have been pretty cool and nice to see some of the Kiwis doing well. And yeah, obviously Zoe um, is killing it over there. So yeah, and, and probably will do do so again <laughs> in the in the big air coming up. So yeah, really good. Nice, Angus uh, Baz here, mate. Let's let's cut straight to the chase. So let's talk positions in the Bob sled. Is there is there such things? And and if there is. What positions would uh, Izzy and myself fill in the sleigh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are positions. So um, you've got obviously a driver at the front who is uh, the brains of the operation, and they are they are sort so of me. steering the sleigh. That'll be me. Yeah, clearly that's clearly that'll be you. <laughs> um, and then then you have the the, the grunt, Izzy or Bears? The grunt, uh, probably Bears. I'm thinking. Um, and then, Why? Then you have, Probably keep going. Uh, sorry. Obviously, the, uh, the guys at the, the guys at the back provide the, the start, and the start is the key part of the um, you know, oh. providing the momentum to the thing. So you have you have the the rocket ships supposedly are at the back, um, providing the energy, and then they get in, and their work's done. The guy right at the back is the brakeman who puts the brakes on at the end, so you don't crash into the to the, uh, the end of the run. Um, and, but yeah, basically, once the guys are in, they're just sitting there. Um, trying to stay as relaxed as possible, not to interfere with the movement of the sled on the ice. Because if you move, obviously it's goes goes pear shaped. Wow! So there's actually quite a lot of sort of craft to it, right? Like, so so the person who's creating all the energy, or like all the um, momentum at the start. So are they they have to be pretty quick, obviously. You know, is that yep. right? Like, because yep. I remember Chris Donaldson. Um, the former sprinter, he got asked to do this once because he was so fast. So that would have been his role, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so the um, yeah, essentially, essentially, the faster you go, the first fifty meters, you push for the first fifty meters, and the, the rule of thumb is a tenth of a second in the first fifty meters translates to three tenths at the, at the bottom, all other things being equal. So you want to have the fastest possible guys at the start, and they also need to be quite heavy, and so because you, there's a momentum factor there, so. If you're light, you have to add weight to the sled. And if you're heavy, you don't have to add weight to this. So you, big guys pushing a light sled is advantageous. So, so for Izzy, Izzy's actually, you know, he, you are about the right size um, because you want to be, in a four-man sled, you want to be around 100 kilos. In a two-man sled, you can average 110 kilos. But, so, yeah, there okay. is a weight factor there that's important. So I'll be, we'll be good in the two-man, um, Bez. I'm 105 at the moment, so we'll be good in the two-y. Here we go. Good to go. Good to go. What about what about the characters? Uh, do you have to? What sort of character? Like I had a big Cuban cigar this afternoon. Would that fit well with the personality of a bobsledder? Yeah, totally. There's no no aerobic capacity required, so you're only pushing for five seconds. So 
yeah, you, you're good with your, your Cubans and uh, actually some some <laughs> of the German guys, uh, Germans and the Austrians are famous for having a few durries before they they'd race on occasions. So yeah, there's no problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh. where would Tommy Walsh go? Would he would he get in a in a bobsled, or it wouldn't really work? Well, you, you'd have to have a pretty skinny driver to accommodate Tom, because Tom weighs nearly 140 clicks. So um, you'd need a driver that weighed about 60 clicks for him to be uh, making weight, I would think. So he, if he, he, would, if he would, Joe. <laughs> yeah, he he would. And if he was in a four man, he would he would he'd get in at number two probably, which means. He, so you want it's kind of in reverse so you have the powerful guys in early and the fast guys get in late so they run a few more steps so some, a big powerful guy like Tom you'd probably put him in number two and then you'd have two guys that were sort of Chris Donaldson type guys uh, running in at three and four wow interesting yeah. there's a lot to hey, it uh, yeah there's a lot to it and it's like we spoke about it last Friday I'm, I'm actually keen for me and Baz to have a crack at this if we wanted to give it a go in New Zealand where do we go how do we go about it well you can't you can't do it in New Zealand that's the thing you have to go to North America there's no there's, we there's can no travel yeah so, so so probably Canada or, or Park City in Utah um, probably the closest tracks or, or I'm not sure if it's still open but the, the, there's, there was a couple of tracks in Japan obviously from way back in the day but I don't know if they get used anymore so whether they're still open I'm not sure but it's Japan or um, Korea are probably the closest tracks so, so the sport of bobsledding or bobsled in New Zealand, it's it's probably non-existent at the moment, is it? There's there's just no way of these. How were you able to do it in in '98 and uh, '02? So, so we just travelled. It was quite, so. so it, when Chris Donaldson, for example, got recruited, the whole idea yeah. was to recruit people with yeah you know, the athletic qualities that are needed, and then you have to travel. And so, the, we tested a whole lot of guys. You know. 30 or 40 metre times, you know, what they could, how strong they were because you're pushing a 200k sled, so you need strength and you need mm. speed and then you have to travel overseas and um, give it a go. Wow. Fascinating, fascinating. Look, we spoke to Tom last week. You're obviously training Tom. He spoke about his numbers. He was very, very humble about them, but he splatted them off, mate. How's his <laughs> training been going? And, uh, how's he tracking over the last couple of weeks? I know he had that meeting in Wellington. Uh, 21, he, yeah, was, look, he was hoping to get to 23 in the next couple of months. How's he going? Yeah, he's going pretty well. Um, so it's always hard to tell with Tom. When he's, when he's under load, he's, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a bit depressed with his, his, his performances. And so he's just, he's just starting to come out of heavy How's he complaining? So, no, he doesn't complain much. He's pretty stoic on all that stuff. He's, uh, but yeah, he, he's, uh, he's, he's doing all right. And um, he's, he's right on track to be... Uh, in a good form by World Indoors, which is in March. So I think we'll um, we'll sort of reserve judgment until we get a little bit closer. But I think he's, he's looking all right. He's doing some PVs and some various things at training at the moment. So, um, yeah, happy days. Nice. Angus, were you a bit concerned as uh, his trainer when you saw him diving around in the outfield in the Black Clash that, that maybe he might be just pushing himself a little hard? <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, I was a little concerned given um, one of the other athletes I work with, um, Emma Twig did, did a bit of cricket and ended up popping her shoulder, uh, diving around the boundary. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we talked about it. and uh, But, yeah, he was, he's, he's pretty good. He's he, uh, a big guy. He, roll, he rolls pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, Louie, you're going to clip that up when we get Tommy Walsh back on. He rolls pretty well. That's good. That's good. Uh, um, Angus, just just tell us, mate, how much do you love working with these sorts of athletes as well? You work with a number of them. What What is it about them that just sort of really, really gets you going? Oh, yeah, look, it's totally, it's a privilege. Um, but the people, I, most of the athletes I work with, um, you know, you have a bloody good time. And they, they're chasing to try and be the best in the world. And, um, look, that, that gets me pretty fired up. And it's, it's just, um, yeah, the pursuit of excellence in any sort of endeavour is, is a pretty cool thing to be involved with. So, yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm very lucky to be doing what I'm doing. Beautiful. Well, quickly, before we let you go, do you reckon we could see another New Zealand bobsled team representing the, the Kiwis at the Olympics? Can you can we see it happening? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely could happen. I think New Zealanders are actually quite suited to it because we're, um, you know, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of rugby players are the right size and shape and build and what have you. And, I mean, you need to be a little bit crazy and you need to have a little bit of funding behind you. That's probably the major stumbling block mm. because it's, um, it's an expensive sport. The sled costs a bit of money. Oh, time costs money. It's, that, that's the real issue. Mm. How, how much is a sled? Uh, about 100 grand. Oh, is you go into your sock drawer and grab that out and we'll get ourselves one of those, though. <laughs> eh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, the sock jaw's empty. <laughs> the sock jaw's empty. Angus Ross, mate, absolute champion. Thank you so much for being on on the show with us, mate. And we really appreciate your time. The bobsleigh gets underway tonight at the Olympic Games too. So if you want to watch with the info you've got now, try to understand a bit more. Tune in tonight. That was Angus Ross, former uh, bobsledder for New Zealand. We appreciate your time and current coach of the one and only Tom Walsh. Thanks, brother. Thanks, mate. There you go. <laughs> that was very important. He wasn't really keen to coach us. It wasn't really keen uh, to no, coach us. Oh, we can't, bro. We can't up. do it here. We can't do it here. Well, and Izzy for breakfast, live from Korea, as we go about <laughs> our work, trying to become the bobsled team for New Zealand. And I get to smoke a big Cuban cigar while I'm sitting at the front of the, of the sleigh, and you're doing all the power work in behind. That's brilliant. Oh, hey. I've watched Mate, I James McDonald in the saddle, just smoking his, smoking the pipe, hands and heels, getting Espiona across the line. Yeah, very informed. 100k for a sled. Mm. Mm. Rich man's sport, lot. bud. Rich man's sport. It's on tonight. It's on tonight. I'm going to watch that now. I'm going to watch it. I think it's a fantastic sport. And you know what? I might even go back to back, back to back into cool runnings. How good. But now's the time, Baz. You know what time it is, mate. You know what time it is? It's time for the UFC Fight Club quiz. The UFC Fight Club quiz. We need two of yous. Give us a call, 0800 150 811. If you are a UFC fan, you want to win yourself a Musashi prize pack worth 50 bucks. Give us a call now, 0800 150 811. Team Baz, Team Izzy. We'll be back shortly. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. and Izzy's UFC Fight Club quiz. Thanks to Musashi Energy Drinks, Energy Amplified, fueling Carlos Olberg at UFC 271. Fueling Carlos Olberg at 271. Woo, we spoke to Carlos yesterday. If you missed that, make sure you head over to Baz and Izzy's podcast on the SEN app. 
and you'll hear that. We chat with Carlos Olberg as he heads into this weekend's fight. But it's time for USC theme quiz. We need you to call 0800-150-811 on the Kennard Tire phone line. Give us a call because Baz needs a partner. Because <laughs> Dag's got a partner. <laughs> Let's go. It is time oh, for the no, quiz. No, 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 no. <laughs> Bazzy's on his own. And how good is that? We need you to call. If you win, get a $50 Musashi gift pack courtesy of the team at Musashi. They're very, very, very kind to donate that wee gift pack for this Easy quiz today. Part of the show. Easy, easy quiz. But before then, Smith City Super Rugby Tipping is here. Register now at tipping.senzradio.nz for your chance to win weekly prizes and a massive Samsung 65-inch TV for the season's top tipper. Smith City, stoked to support Super Rugby Aotearoa. Remember, we've got a tipping comp going on as well but right now it's UFC time and we've got the team sorted we've got the team sorted it is Pete I'm going to throw it over to you Louis yes is Baz we've got Pete with team Izzy Cam with team Baz Pete morning to you hey good morning mate good to have you on Pete yeah Petey (laughs) Cam Cam are you ready to light this up with Baz come on Cam Good man. All right. Give it a crack. Cam, it's uh, Team Bears, Team Cam's uh, uh, toss today, and the toss is vital. Bears, I'm going to throw it up. You're cool. Skip, here we go. Heads. Heads. Heads it is. He's got one. Show me the the camera. (laughs) Show me the camera. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Okay. Some are just born lucky, eh? (laughs) First, actually, Bears, when you were skippering out in the middle, did you always call the same side? Heads. Every time. Yep. Yep. Every time. Model of consistency. Alrighty. First to three, chance to steal. No googling. Peter or Cameron, Baz and Baz and Izzy. None of that. No googling. I don't Let's start. <laughs> Let's start. Cam, right of passage is yours. How yep. many weight divisions are in the UFC? Ooh, that is unfortunately incorrect. Pete, over to you. Heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight, welterweight. There's four. Um, feather, bantam, seven. Oh. Ooh, lads. All right, that's a duck egg to start us. The answer is eight. Hang on. Does it come back to us now? Uh, hey, hey, no, no, no. You guys can't get a chance. You could, you could work with the boys, but once they get questions, because otherwise oh, we're going to be. Otherwise I we're thought there, we weren't allowed to talk. Otherwise we're there for too long. Oh. Moving on. Okay, well, we're we're here for too time. long. It's our show, 6 till 9 a.m. We'll just, we'll just move something else out of the way. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. We've got a competition hey, on the fe- line. Fe- feedback heard. There's plenty of questions. Feedback heard. It's off to Team Izzy <laughs> Pete. What does the UFC stand for? Ultimate Pete. Oh, Ultimate Fighting Champions. I'm allowed to help him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm allowed to help. I'm allowed, I'm yeah, allowed yeah, to I was just making sure Pete, that's 1-0. All righty, back yeah. to Team yeah. Bears. Oh, nice, Cam, all right. Mate. Here we go. This is for Bears <laughs> and Cam. So, Cam, if you want to bring Bears in, feel free to bring Bears in. Who is brother of yeah. Nate Diaz? Any idea there, Bears? Oh, 
Well, no, I'd go for Cameron Diaz. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got it! I got it! I got it! <laughs> All right. You got it, Pete? Cam. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, um... Three, Bro, this two, is way too long. One, Come on. Nick. <laughs> what was that? Nick. Nah. On the nah, hooter. man. On the hooter. Yes, Cam. Sort your timings out, Louie. What, the... you want to give him two Good. minutes? On the hooter. On ya, Cam. All right, back to team, Izzy. I bought wow. you some time there, eh? You realise that? On, right? on, to, on to team, Izzy. Uh, Khabib was one of the rare UFC fighters who retired undefeated. How many wins did he finish his uh, term with there, Pete and Izzy? 20. Ooh, you've gone early, and you've, you probably could have used Izzy there. Uh, over to Cam and team Baz to go up one. Oh, shit. Cam, you got it. Oh, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> uh, say, Bears, say the question again. How many wins say. did Khabib finish his UFC career with? Or his career with? 20, 21. Alrighty, jeez. We're going to need some more questions here. Um, that would make it whose answer is Team Cam, uh, Team Bears. You're going first here. Uh, who, did, who did Israel Adesanya beat in his UFC debut, Cam? And Bez. Uh, no, Bez. Three. Look up, Bez. Look up, uh, Bez. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm out on this one. All right, we'll go across to Team Izzy. Pete, do you have a clue? Who did, who did Izzy Adesanya start as UFC day, have his debut against? Oh, not really. Izzy, any, any idea, mate? Uh, nah. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, that. Nah, I've got no idea. Don't you? Go I was a jobber. <laughs> I don't think that's nah, his no name. Idea. Right. Who was that? It is uh, Rob Wilkinson. Yeah, no idea. Yeah. Nah. Go All righty, let's keep going. Let's keep going. That would make it uh, mm. Team Izzy's crack here first up. Which former yep. UFC heavyweight yep, we'll was nicknamed the Iceman? Do you have that, Pete and Izzy? The Iceman, heavyweight. Um, Chuck Liddell was the Iceman, but he wasn't a heavyweight. That's, that's my bad. i got bad eyesight. Bang. Yes! Two two one. One. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. Bears hey, and Cam need a response here. 2-1. Oh. Yeah. Bears and Cam need a response. How many ways can you stop in the UFC bout? I'm looking for a number, and it's a round number. Uh... Unfortunately, it's not eight. Izzy and Pete for the win. You're on two. How many ways can you stop in the UFC bout? So a knockout, a submission, a referee stoppage, or you go to decision uh, or disqualification. Uh, So five? No, it's not. It's not. We're going to go shut in this shootout here. Bears, Cam, back to you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, six. It's not six. Seven. Seven. It's seven. <laughs> it's actually ten. It's seven. <laughs> oh, Google's wrong. <laughs> we win, man. We win. We need... We win. 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 We
We're into, we're into well into the stoppage time of the news here. This is submission. Uh, Izzy and Cam, uh, Izzy and Pete, you finished with more points. Correct answers too. Yeah. We're going to have to call this we off. The, we're waving this off. Yep. It's, it's team Izzy. Pete. Congratulations, Pete. Izzy. What up, Pete? <laughs> we're going to wave this off. 2-1, mate. Too much blood on the octagon Hard floor. luck, Cam. My bad. Well done, you lot. Very good. Oh, Righto. Wow. Take your Masashi energy drinks. <laughs> Masashi energy, <laughs> energy drinks. Energy Amplified. Fueling Carlos Alberg at UFC 271. Let's get to the news with Emma for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. SNZ, that was our UFC Fight Club quiz. <laughs> and wow, that, that, that didn't go five rounds, that went about 18 rounds. Um, we will be making the questions far more entry-level tomorrow, don't you worry about that. A couple of quick stories, uh, and we'll talk to Stephen Finn about this, no doubt, but Strauss has asked, and he's the new boss there at the ECB, he's asked the English bowlers, in absence of Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson, to show more leadership and stand up. Well, we'll ask Stuart, um, we'll ask Finney, rather, Stephen Finn, exactly what he thinks that means. And it looks like Joe Root might be batting at three as well, which is an interesting move. Uh, back here in New Zealand, well, there's been a COVID-19 scare in Super Rugby Pacific bubble already. A Moana Pacifica player and a Blues player have been close contacts. Um, so they're waiting for those test results back ASAP to try and hope that, or well, hopefully this doesn't disrupt, disrupt the competition because that's exactly what they've gone down there to avoid. So a couple of headlines from around the world. And there's a good text there. Yeah, Very Elegant's teaming up with J-Mac this weekend as well. Get up from David Absolutely, David, get up. Um, Louis, <clears throat> can we go back to the UFC quiz for a second? That question around how many ways can a fight end, what was the answer? Uh, look, the, the the answer was 10. 10. Nice round. You, you're meaning like submissions, knockout. Technical submission, um, can be called off by a doctor, can be called off by a judge. Oh, called off by a doctor. Wow. That's well, pretty brutal sport. So I've go- I googled it. Mm. I've googled it since, not during the, not during the stash, but since, and it says seven. Yeah, I think I think I was going by the very literal every oh. possible way to stop it because I just thought I didn't want to take so death. The death coming. Is that Louis or I mean, UFC? Yeah. So you just made <laughs> up your own answer. <laughs> no, I didn't. Like, but sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Actually, hey, do you know what? Everyone won apart from me. <laughs> yeah. So, kids, you made up your own answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the genuine way. That's the genuine way. There's ten ways to stop slash end a fight. So, like, obviously, I think what's gone wrong here is it's seven to stop a fight. The fighter themselves. So there's seven ways that they can do it, but then to end the fight, so including a referee stoppage, um, a, a decision from an accidental kick slash knock sort of thing. So I put stop slash end, but I think next time I just should be a bit more, you know, bang on one of the two, stop or end. So seven yeah. or ten. You need to be a little more black or white rather than the shade of grey which yeah. you're currently operating, because <laughs> otherwise you just get you just yeah. get confusion. All right, all right. Yeah, Google is a bit confusing at times. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kiz. Thank you, Louie.
He is. We've got coming up David Branch yeah. talking about harness racing, talking about the big race, which we're going to, well, when I say we, Hutchie. Hutchie's got a slot in. Mm. Find out how we're going to get on yeah. a little piece of that. Find out how we take Baz Nizzy for breakfast on the road and go and watch that race. So we'll come back very soon and we're going to speak to David Branch. 7.43 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Give us a call any time on the Kennard Tire phone line 0800 150 811. It's time now to talk a little bit of harness racing. When you think about races that have captivated the public over the last five years, it's hard to look past the Everest over in Australia, a slot race in which you buy an entry into the race and then you compete for extraordinary prize money with the best horse that you can find available. Someone has been watching, and that someone is David Branch at Cambridge Raceway here in New Zealand because the Harness Centre, well, they've launched New Zealand's first slot race. And the prize money, 900,000 big ones is up for grabs. Mm. And the best part of it all, SENZ has got a slot, and we're going to take you for the ride with us. So how good is that going to be? David Branch is the CEO at Cambridge Raceway, and he's on the line with us now. Good morning, mate. Morning, guys. How long have you been dreaming this one up, and what was the inspiration, mate? Uh, it's been in the pipe work for a, uh, pipes for a wee while, eh? But we, um, it all sort of got a bit serious, probably November, December, and um, everything came together. We we're working it, working on it over Christmas, New Year's, and then, yeah, just so good to finally have it, have it out there, have the slot holders announced, and and get it underway. Well, the Everest was that a bit of an inspiration for it, or? or or some other sort of event, or you just kind of you thought, well, I've seen that over the over the ditch, and that can that kind of works okay. Let's make it happen here. Yeah, for sure. So definitely based around the Everest concept. Uh, that was based on one um, original one in America called uh, the um, Phoenix, uh, and then um, yeah, so essentially based on those, but obviously not quite to the same level of of the um, Everest yet. But um, you know, we've got dreams to grow it to. Um, keep growing it every year, yeah. Oh, he was about to say a number there. He was about to say a number <laughs> there, David Branch. Thank you so much for joining us on Bears and Izzy for breakfast. It's Izzy here, mate. Congratulations. Exciting news. Um, quickly, I know a few uh, harness owners and, and trainers down in, in Christchurch. And uh, how's it been received amongst the ownerships and, and the trainers and the normal pundits in the harness racing world? They must be hugely excited. Yeah, there's definitely a real bit of hype around at the moment which is great they um it's, it's obviously a new concept to everyone so everyone's still sort of finding their feet lots of questions um lots of talk which is great and and yeah mm. um, i'm sure that'll just continue over the coming weeks as as the deals start coming through on the horses that, it, that they lock in so scnz we've got a wee slot apparently hutchies uh you know gone deeper into the pockets how hard was it to to fill the slots was there a lot of people lining up and and ready to be involved in the race yeah, we sort of got the the first seven or eight locked in pretty pretty easily, and then it was just the, that final mm. push on the last couple. We we got a few of our our good sponsors involved, and they had some of their friends and stuff jump in. A few of our members and that jump in to make up the sort of last one. But yeah, yeah, it was, it was pleasing. Obviously, when it's all come together. And, and how do those slot holders now go about selecting their horses to compete in the race, David? Yeah, so that's that's sort of we leave that with them now. Our work, our work's sort of done, so we'll facilitate anything. But that that's for them to pick up the phone and have a chat to to the owners, to the trainers. Um, 
Likewise, it'll work the other way around. You'll have trainers that are um, picking up the phone to slot holders going, hey, I've got one that might be a bit of a chance or something. And yeah, so that, that sort of process just naturally takes care of itself. And, and the race itself, so what, uh, how, what's the distance of the race? And is it, uh, is it a mobile? Is it standing start? What's, um, what's kind of, what does it look like as a race? Yeah, yeah so mobile, um, 2,200 metres, which for us uh, starts right in front of the crowd. Um, so hoping we'll be able to have a big crowd for it. Uh, and then essentially two laps of, of our track, the winning post and two laps. And then, uh, so it's actually a preferential draw um, to try and attract some of the good three-year-olds. And so if, if any three-year-olds want to line up against the open-class horses, they'll get a pref draw. So the likes of Akuta and um, Franco and the potential ones that may want to look at it. But it is hard for those three-year-olds, obviously, against the older ones, hence the, the advantage they get. What's the, what's the criteria? Can, can you Is it available for offshore horses to come over and have a crack at it, like Australian horses coming over and... And being involved, are you, are you more just catering towards we want to see the best Kiwi horses be a part of this race and see who's the best? No, definitely open. I'm trying to attract some of the Aussies. Obviously, yeah, that gets a bit more complicated with the, the COVID restrictions this year. But uh, we want it to be the best of the best. And it, it sort of kicks off the, uh, the carnival, this autumn carnival that ends in the Auckland Cup. So the idea is we attract some of those horses over and then we've got some other races that they can go in as well and race for a decent amount of money over, over a bit of a series. What about, mate, what about the um, the harness industry? Are they all getting right in behind us? Is there a real sense of anticipation about the event? Yeah, for sure. Like it, it's, it's probably the most exciting thing that's happened in harness racing since the Harness Jewels concept was was sort of announced and that sort of that was around for 12 or 13 years so definitely um something new there'll be there'll still be people on the fence waiting to see uh if it works what happens um but yeah obviously the slot holders are locked in for three years which was key so we know we've got three years to keep growing it and um, people will learn as, as as we go along see what it's all about and i'm sure each year will get bigger and bigger all right david quickly just sell us the dream we're going to be in the red-green light system. We're going to be all systems go, come race day, Baz and Izzy, Louie, Kez, the whole team, Joe. We'll be at Cambridge. We'll be watching the race. What's it going to be like, mate? What are you hoping for it, the, the, the night to be like? Uh, 5,000 people is our goal. We've got such a good track for, for viewing. Um, you're pretty much right on the, yep. on the action. So our plan is GA just absolutely um, packing the place out. Uh, yeah, all, all COVID plans willing. So. <laughs> I appreciate the GA. What about the hospo area? <laughs> How's yeah, the hospo yeah, area yeah, looking? <laughs> yeah, so then well, we've got our... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are the, uh, right, up the, right up the top in the Skyline Lounge in the, in the premium area with the champagne and bubbles on tap. So, yeah, um, we've, we'll definitely have those sort of options as well. Uh, you're a good yeah, man. Good man. Well, fantastic initiative, and I'm sure, you know, the uh, the harness racing people really appreciate it. The industry needed something like that, a little shot in the arm, and, and you're delivering it. So thanks heaps for that, mate, and we look forward to it, and it's great that we're involved as well with SCNZ, uh, <laughs> only one of those slots. And let's hope, imagine if we win yeah, it. Awesome. Oh, how good would that be? We'll have to get you back on after. <laughs> but thanks for joining us, David. <laughs> no, thanks very much, uh, and thanks for being involved. Uh,
Good man. Oh, it'll be a tough day the next day, Baz. Imagine that. Wow. It's a holiday, mate. <laughs> oh yeah, man, yeah we have a good Friday morning. <laughs> Out with the boys, in with the men, all those sorts of sayings which we used to rely on back in the day when you just finished on an odd number. Anyway, it's seven fifty-one in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Looking forward to the old harness racing crack there, a la the Everest. Nine hundred thousand dollars. Good on you, Hutchie, as well for putting in a little bit of your hard-earned Aussie dollars and getting us one of those slots so we can secure a live chance in the race. We're going to come back on the other side with plenty more. And then later on, uh, just after eight, we've got Steve Finn. Talk a little bit of cricket with Razine. Shop in store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Three minutes away from eight here in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Give us a call on the Kennards High phone line 0800 150 811 or send us your texts on double eight double three. Maybe you want to let us know what your thoughts were on the Pat Cummings um, press conference yesterday in, in response to Justin Langer being, I won't say he's necessarily, well, yes, he did stand down, but he also pretty much got fired, didn't he? Let's be fair, they offered him a a pretty average contract for a short period of time and made his position untenable. So let us know your thoughts on that. Or even on the England cricket setup. we've got Steve Finn coming up after the break, former English bowler, and he's going to have uh, a catch-up, uh, cricket catch-up with Razine, and he's going to talk through a little bit about what is going on in English cricket. James Anderson, 600 test wickets. Stuart Broad, 500 test wickets. Both of them not required the West Indies Tour, which is upcoming, and a whole host of changes to the side that got beaten in the ashes down under as well. So that'll be a fascinating chat. Maybe you've got some questions that you want us to ask Steve Finn, double eight, double three, send it through. Just uh, one quick thing is, before we get off to Emma with the news as well, is we haven't mentioned that on the back of the harness racing chat just then with David Branch, we, what we haven't mentioned is that the harness racing sale, the standard bread sale, is on this weekend, the 13th of February at Caracas, and then from the 14th through to the 16th of February down there at Christchurch at the Agricultural Park. So maybe you could pop along and have a little look and try and buy yourself and, and us one of those uh, harness horses <laughs> which might end up racing in the race we were talking about just before we as slot holders are up for 900k. Wouldn't that be a crack? Eh? Oh, that would be great. <laughs> That'll be good, but I'll, I'll I'll have a chat to Jonesy, Mark Jones. I'm sure he'll be heading along and and dipping into a few horses there and having a wee crack at a couple. So we'll see how that goes, mate. But you're right. I think that's going to be a fantastic event. Like he's talk, talked about, David was on the show and he spoke about five thousand people in the crowd, the GA being amongst it. Would that be something that you would excite you at home? You know, or wherever you are going to work, would that excite you going to Cambridge? Easter weekend and heading along and supporting the harness racing. It is a, a fantastic event. I love going to the to the harness racing. And, you know, obviously we talk a lot about the thoroughbreds, bears and and things like that. But harness racing, going along and watching them at Addington Raceway. There, I've been a couple of times. It's fantastic. So I think it's something that's going to go great guns. So well done to David Branch and the harness racing team. It's going to be fantastic. Well, well received. Anyway, come out of the show. We're going to chat to Stephen Finn. We're off to track down some McCafe coffees now, and here's Emma with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Shop 
in-store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Thursday the 10th of Feb, it's just after 8 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. If you're just tuning in, make sure you head over to the Baz and Izzy podcast, it's on the SCN app. We've had some exciting news, particularly if you're a harness racer. If you love harness racing in New Zealand, you heard of the Everest? The Everest is the big, big race over in Australia. Well, it's not that big, monetary-wise anyway. I think the excitement levels around the country will be big, but the money's not quite there. 900k, still a lot of money. Still a lot of money. So you have buy slots. SENZ has bought a slot. Thank you, Hachi. We're going to be a part of that race. And the winner will take away approximately 400k. So it's um, it's sold out. And we had David Branch on. So make sure you head over to Baz and Izzy's podcast on the SEN app and have a wee listen to that. That was, that was great news. And then we had Angus Ross on. He is the bobsledder and... If you're into bobsledding, he gave us a lot of informative information about what goes on inside the sled. It's not just run and jump in, driver, everyone's got their specific roles. So great to chat to him. And then we had our UFC quiz. Well, a bit controversial in there. We went over time. It was hard questions, hard questions. But anyway, we'll be back tomorrow to do that, courtesy of the team at Musashi. And then later on the show, we're going to have Tom Abercrombie, courtesy of the team at Cork Kings. We're going to chat to him about the basketball Brought over with us in Australia, the Breakers struggling. Been a tough old slog for them. We're going to chat to him about the Breakers, but also we're going to chat to him about the NBA. My Lakers got an absolute hiding. Not good for the LA Lakers. But anyway, that's enough of me. It is now five past eight. That's six more. That's beautifully timed. He absolutely pummeled that. Bears and Izzy are talking cricket. Thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years. Yes, Razine has been New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years, and it's time to talk some cricket, thanks to them. Here in New Zealand, our biggest issue, Kane Williamson's elbow. Across the ditch in Australia, well, it's a very public war of words between the past legends of the game and the current crop. Up north in the UK, where do we start? Wholesale changes across the ECB have been made and the angst about where English cricketers can even be felt all the way down here in the plus 6-4. Stephen Finn, he's an Englishman. He's well across this, former English. Well, he's not former, he might make a comeback actually. He does wonderful work as well for the BBC in the commentary box these days. And He's taken our call today. It's a very good evening to you, Finny. Lovely to talk to you here, mate. Good morning. Yeah, it's good to uh, it's good to speak to you guys. Um, nice to hear your voice again. Thank you, Finny. I've got Izzy here with me as well, and uh, we're going to ask some hard hitting hey, questions of you now that you're a, a pundit and and well across the the world of uh, critiquing these current day players. Uh, what is going on with your rabble, by the way, Guy? It is a rabble. Oh, mate, it's hard to say, isn't it? At the moment, it's um. It's in turmoil, really. I think the Australia series obviously um, made it hard work for um, for the boys down there. I mean, I was there watching, and it was tough watching it. Um, and I didn't have to deal with the day to day of playing out there in the Ashes this time round. It was it was like a paid holiday for me, to be quite frank. It was um, very pleasant, but 
Um, yeah, it was, um, it's not been a great few weeks for English cricket. Um, Andrew Strauss has come in and made some um, pretty decent changes. Um, as we're seeing them now, no Stuart Broad, no James Anderson um, in this current Test match squad over in, um, in the West Indies, which is going to be really interesting to see how that develops and how that works. Um, but yeah, a big change, and I think there's been three test matches out of the last 177 that neither Stuart Broad or James Anderson have played, so it's quite a monumental, monumental moment. Yeah, it's huge, it's huge, mate. Thank you so much for joining us, Steve. It's Izzy here on Bears and Izzy, I'm Bears' co-host. Great to have you on the show, mate. Yeah, did you expect these changes? Anderson and Broad particularly, 320 caps between them, 1177 test wickets. Huge ton of experience there. Did you expect them to be gone? Um, yeah, no, it's nice to chat to you too, mate. Um, I hope Baz is looking after you. He, um, he's looked after me a few times over the course of my career um, when I've played with and against him. But it's, uh, I, I don't think I really anticipated these changes, no, especially with the other huge changes that have mm. happened at the moment with the change of coach, the change of director of cricket, um, the chief executive under big pressure, um, you'd think that if they wanted some stability and some leadership right now, that those two would be your go-to men. Um, but the people in charge, the selection committee and um, the people who've been charged with taking this forward over the next short period of time have decided that they're not necessarily in, um, in West Indies. And it's fair to say that there's, um, there's been a slight bit of backlash here in the UK. Mm. Yeah, you're spot on, Finney. Just, you know both Jimmy and, and Brody so well as well. How do you think they will deal with this? And do you think they'll be angry? Do you think they'll respond in, in, a, in a vocal sort of uh, public way or they'll just go about their work? Um, it's hard to say, really. I think that um, they'll be very wary of not wanting to upset the apple cart too much um, because I, I know that they both want to keep playing. I've spoken to both, not in the last 48 hours since this news has broken, but um, I've spoke to them over the course of the last three, four, five months, and they're both very motivated to keep playing, um, at least until the next Ashes series, which is 18 months away in the UK. So um, I, I don't think that they'll be particularly vocal about it. I think they'll be honest to say that they're disappointed, um, but we've certainly seen Stuart Broad do some emotional TV interviews before when he's been left out of squads um, and and I don't think that that's the way that they'll go this time around but certainly they'll be disappointed Oh they'll be angry for sure, I got dropped for the World Cup, it absolutely sucks but they'll be back, they'll find the hunger and they'll find the drive and they'll definitely be back mate, you can't leave experience and, and class out of the side for too long I, um, Quickly just Tell us about the situation where Andrew Strauss has come in and obviously Paul Collingwood's the coach. Who, who is making all these decisions? Who, who is the big, the big man here and making all these key decisions? I'm kind of just getting a bit more of an understanding that Andrew Strauss has come in and he's just wielding the axe and, and making the big calls. Has Paul Collingwood got any say? Well, I think that he'll have been consulted. So as far as I understand it, the selection committee for this tour would have been James Taylor, who Baz would have played against, I think, um, when he was playing for England. Um, Andrew Strauss. Joe Root would have been consulted, definitely, um, after they decided to keep him on as captain. Um, and Paul Collingwood would have been consulted as well. But whether he'd have had a deciding vote in one of those selection committee 
meetings, I'm not sure. So um, th that makes the decision even stranger because just because leaving a massive duo like those guys out in this situation seems like a, a massive call. Um, but again, Andrew Strauss has been very direct, especially when he was captain of the England team and when he was director of cricket before his wife sadly passed away. Um, he was very clear about the direction that he wanted to take the team in. Um, and Baz has shown when he was captain and has been involved with teams, there's a very clear direction with which those teams want to travel in. So maybe he's got um, his eye on an end game. And I think he alluded to that in his, um, in his press conference slightly. Um, but he's, he's a man with a lot of clarity and this must be part of that. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting, Finney, I guess, like, because Strauss come in and he's in the chair at the moment, but it's very, it's very much an interim role, right? Like, where all these changes, where does it end to the point where we go, right, now we've got a, a clear direction of where we're going, now how do we piece all of this back together and who are the people that are going to start to piece it together and, and who in your mind are those people for, say, a director of cricket role, um, a head coach role? We're both very good friends with Owen Morgan, and he's been incredibly successful at the helm of the, the white ball side. Has he got a role now, his career's sort of winding down, very much like Andrew Strauss did, where he could step into a role and, and sort of provide a little bit of that leadership and clarity, perhaps? Um, so the way that I see it right now is that I think that there's going to be a split role between the test match team and the white ball team because I think there's just so much cricket at the moment that it's impossible to burden one man with the task of managing all three teams in all three formats um, and try and remain upbeat and, and um, able to motivate the teams in the right manner and prepare them for the games. So I see a split role. I think that it's important that we develop some English coaches that are capable of coaching in international cricket because you don't always want to be looking outside of your own house um, for those leaders within that. Um, and I, so I think that there'll be an English coach for the white ball team. And I think that they'll be supported by Owen Morgan as the captain of that white ball team and the person who's really led the resurgence or has definitely led the resurgence of white ball cricket in England. Um, and I think that over time, maybe he will develop more of a role um, to, to go into the management side of things. But I think for the time being, it's the white ball team looks after itself and that can really provide an English coach with the support that they need to learn the ropes of international cricket. Um, and then I think the test match team is the one that really needs looking at. And I think that we'll see some overseas influence in that regard. Um, who the personnel are, I'm not sure. I know Gary Kirsten was linked, but I'm not sure how much he would want the job with the time away from home. Um, but I think that the Test Match team is really where that direction is needed. Yeah, totally agree, actually. The one-day NT20 sides mm. are, are in very good hands, aren't they? It's just the Test team, which is a complete rabble at the moment. Um, Finney, what about uh, one thing that you must be just delighted with is just the... Uh, the fallout and animosity which is going on in Australian cricket at the moment. You boys must be loving that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's nice to direct some attention away from us, actually. Every time you flick open on some sort of cricket article, it's about, oh, England, what changes are being made? But, yeah, um, to see, uh, to look over, it must be nice for you guys, too, to look over the Tasman and just see um, a little bit of chaos over there. <laughs> Mate, what about uh, what about you? You're obviously doing a little bit of uh, 
the commentary stuff and a bit of punditry and and you still still got the boots on and and what uh, what's life like for Steve and Finn at the moment? Well, life for me has changed slightly since you the last seen me, Baz. So I've moved counties from Middlesex to Sussex. So I'm currently living in um, in Brighton on the south coast. Um, currently looking out my front window and I can see the ground um, from my flat. So I've not got too far to stumble um, on the morning of a four-day game when I've bowled 40 overs already. That's um, that's going to be a good positive <laughs> to it. Um, yeah, certainly... Um, Looking forward to getting involved with my new team down here. It's a very young team and sort of a different stage of my career, I suppose, in trying to help young players develop and get better whilst also using that to motivate myself and get the best out of myself in these last few years of playing. But definitely have enjoyed the punditry side of things and, um, and going around and watching cricket without having to prepare for it. Um, in the same manner throughout the winter is certainly something that I've enjoyed, as, as I'm sure um, you would know, Baz, from, from the punditry stuff that you've been doing, which I've loved listening to, by the way. Oh, thank you, Guy. Very kind, Guy. Likewise, mate, we look forward to, when England come down here, we'll, we'll get you a part of the Sparksport commentary team and we'll be able to show you around the places that you used to visit when you were down here playing for Otago as well. Hey, mm. um, oh, Izzy, what I should... I probably should have told you is so Finney and Tim Southey are very good mates as well. So yeah, that's, okay, um, yeah. So you know what you know. Southie, ah, makes you know, sense. Makes yeah. sense. <laughs> makes sense. Tell us about your time in Dunedin. Tell us about your time with Bears and Dunners. Anything you can share that might we might be able to clip and put on our Instagram? <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I um, he's got a couple of good stories. <laughs> it's early in the morning over there, so I better be careful exactly what I say. But um, no, the first time that I met um, that I met Baz and the boys from Otago, it was like walking into a into a nightclub that had a very good smoke machine in the bathroom. All the boys were sucking back the curries in the bathroom, stressed out because, including the coach, stressed out because we just been bowled out for sixty or something against Northern Districts, I think it was. Um, and, yeah, walked in there for a leak and um, it, I had to sift through the smoke to be able to get to the urinal. Oh. <laughs> stress, <laughs> stress relief bears. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was professional. Love it. Yes, it was, yeah. That was the olden days, though, of course. We're very professional these days. But, uh, Finny, mate, we'll, uh, we'll let you go, but we really appreciate you taking the time to speak to Izzy and myself here on, on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And as always, your, your views are uh, very much appreciated and so eloquently put across as well. Such a, a wonderful wordsmith you are, Finny. Appreciate everything, mate. Yeah. Cheers, no, Finny. Thanks for having me, boys. All right. Well, take care. Absolute legend, Stephen Finn. Champion dude. He's still got a bit of kick in him too. Don't worry about that. Mate, when he, when mm. he came to Otago... He bowled rockets. So Jamie Howe, yeah. who used to play for New Zealand, obviously CD batsman, probably one of the best short yeah. ball players that, that I've played with um, in, in New Zealand. And Stephen Firm were playing at um, Burt Sutcliffe Oval, which is a pretty quick and bouncy surface there in Christchurch out at Lincoln. And Finney split Jamie Howe's helmet, literally split it on the peak. It just opened right up. He bowled rockets and just hit him on the helmet. And Jamie, even Jamie Howe was jumping around a little bit. He was, um, when he Ooh. first exploded on the scene, he was up there with one of the quickest going around. He would have been 150 
when he first arrived. Yeah. And then he's had a few injuries and things, yeah, and, and a couple of sort of um, setbacks along the way. But he's still got a little bit of kick in him, and hopefully he can rediscover his best form for uh, for Sussex mm. as well. But a wonderful human being, mate. Absolute champion fella and great guy to, to, uh, to be around. It's pretty cool that he, he jumped on the show with us as well. I'll introduce you to him when he gets down to these shores. I think you'll have a good time. Sounds good, Bess. Sounds mm. good. Uh, what have we got yeah, coming up, mate? What have we got coming up? We're going to catch up with Paulie, the party starter. Paulie Moati, the party starter, coming up shortly. That was Stephen Finn. Great to chat to him. And Baz, quickly, maybe those changes that they've made, four uncapped changes they've brought into the side, maybe they're going to come in and, and make a difference. be interesting to watch it all transpire over the next couple of weeks in the tour of West Indies. But great get for Stephen Finn. We'll be back shortly with Paulie Moati, the party starter. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 25 minutes past eight here in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We just had Stephen Finn on the phone out of the UK. Text has come through from Darren on double eight double three. Stephen Finn allegedly bowled the fastest spell ever. Seen at Main Power Oval in Rangiora. Locals still talk about it. That's good. That. Thank you for your text there, Darren. I'm telling you, he was gas. Is gas. And yeah, it was great <laughs> to hear from him. Very well-spoken man. He's a good good dude. So thanks very much for your time. Stephen Finn talking us through the English rabble that they are at the moment. Anyway, it's now time for us to cross over to Paulie Moati, the party for our TAB Live update. Bit live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Good morning, Paulie. Yeah, morning, boys. <laughs> How are you getting on? What do you got for us today, brother? Well, I heard you guys have the old uh, UFC Fight Club earlier this morning, uh, and there was a bit of controversy, obviously. Well, we've got uh, a couple of promotions around the UFC 271 this weekend. Of course, the Mega Multi Buster, um, and we've also got a bonus back promotion on the main card so just head to the punters lounge on the tab website to find out which uh, bouts or which fights uh, the bonus back uh, is uh, pertains to so yeah a couple of things around the ufc also got i heard you talking harness racing as well there's a big meeting on saturday night at alex park uh, just the six races but we've got a bonus back promotion on all six races at the Alex Park Harness Meeting on Saturday night, and the fixed odds are already out for all six of those races, so you can have a go right now if you want to. And, of course, on Saturday, we've got the bonus back blitz as well. Uh, the first four races from Rickerton Park, Tarapa, Caulfield, and Randwick will all be bonus back races on Saturday. So a total of 22 races this Saturday, Saturday night, will uh, will be bonus back. Pulley, pulley. It's, yep. it's Louie here. Hey, um, yep. hey, look, I'm glad you brought up Tarapa because I do have a bone to pick. Can I just take you to race seven? Herbie Dyke Stakes, group one, time honoured. Some absolute legends of the turf have won this race. Chosen one, a fabulous horse, one of New Zealand's best horses. Just such a good group one performed stallion. Second up record, six starts, one win, one fourth. You've opened them at two dollars ten, mate. Any chance of leaving a bit of value on the bone for the punters, Paulie? <laughs> Hold on. You've just said the second up record is terrible. 
and the bookies have uh, chucked a whole lot of percentage, uh, chucked, uh, taken a whole lot of percentage out of the market on the chosen one at two dollars and ten cents. It's got to be a bit of value elsewhere then. It does, uh, it does, Paulie. But Ooh, but the thing boy. is, I I agree. But I want to back the chosen one because I think he's probably a better horse. <laughs> but he's, imagine if he'd won. Imagine if he'd won maybe two. Two two starts second up. He'd be a dollar fifty. <laughs> this is this is crazy. But you're right. There is a there is value in this race. There's horses like Harlick, Tiptronic, uh, Vernon, Me, which are all kind of around those double digit odds um, that can probably go a good race. And Coventina Bay as well. If she gets the distance, she's going to be hard to roll at three eighty. Exactly. She wasn't that far away uh, in the uh, Thorndon. What was it? A couple of weeks ago. Uh, and with a wee bit more luck, might have got a wee bit closer to the chosen one. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I take uh, what you're saying there. And if the market, uh, if the money doesn't come for the chosen one, then you may well see a wee bit of a drift there, Louis. I, I would suggest we will see a bit of money on the chosen one, so you won't see a drift. But stranger <laughs> things yeah. happen. Just quietly, just quietly, and we're going to get to the news with Emma in just a sec. But there's a horse. A little bit further down in the market as well. And it's coming back from Australia, this horse. And it trialled up the other day. And it trialled well. Trialled very well. Since we talk about the mare. Started, it's, got, it's got Vinnie Colgan on top. It's $26, roughly. The mare, Paulie. Wet track. Yeah. Well, you know, soft track. Could it, could it spring a surprise? It's been racing against some of the best in Australia. It's won in Australia. Not too many of the horses in this field could say that they've won in Australia. What do you reckon? Is that a little bit of well, meat on the bone worth looking at? There certainly is. And I guess you, you probably could have said that about the chosen one in the Thorndon Mile last week, coming back from Australia. Um, well, had won races there at both, I'm pretty sure, at um, Caulfield and Flemington. Um, placed in that, well, uh, a fourth and a fifth in the Melbourne Cup, so... It, there are some sort of, uh, I guess, parallels uh, with the mayor, uh, who is currently, as you say, twenty-six dollars uh, to win the Herbie Dyke this Saturday, and five dollars for a top three finish, which is where I'm really like, I really like the look of the yeah. five dollars for the top three because I think, I think you're right with Vinnie on board, um, the mayor will be there or thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like it. And I think you're right. The place money is the is the bet there. So thank you very much, Paul Mwati, as always. Appreciate your time and the update for from the TAB. Of course, TAB promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, RA team. We're coming up 8.30 in the morning. We're going to go and cross over to Emma for the news with Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> Good morning, you're listening to As and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's time to have a wee chat to David Baker. He is the GM of Child Cancer Foundation. For the last wee while on SCNZ, we have been pacing for purpose thanks to Harness Racing New Zealand, where we were trying, and I mean trying, to build a bank to hand over to our charity of choice, which is the Child Cancer Foundation. After swinging for the fences and coming close for it to a couple of large collects, 
we finished with $596. And every dollar is going to an excellent cause. David Baker is the GM of Child Cancer Foundation. We just want to say a big thanks to you, mate, for allowing us to represent you and work for the foundation and the work, work that you do for these young kids that are in need and families that are going through some pretty tough times. Good morning, David. Good morning, fellas. Um, I just want to say thank you very, very much. I mean, really appreciate your kind words, but we really want to thank you too for supporting us. We can't do it without people like yourselves and, and just people in general who, who, who support us so generous, generously. Yeah, we were trying, mate, and, um, you know, cancer, everyone's had, had a bit of cancer, you know, dealt with in their family or in their own households, and it is a tough time that people are going through. So we are trying to, to raise a bit of money. 596 is, is the outcome we come with at the end, mate. So we were trying to get more. We we'll wish we could have done more, but, hey, we started somewhere. But for you, mate, how's, um, talk to us about the work that you've been able to do for the last couple of years and, and uh, the, the support that you've been giving these families. Yeah, well, I mean, it, the last couple of years have been tough with lockdown, you know. I mean, a, a lot of people are doing it hard across the whole country, um, and the families, you know, especially hard. The interesting thing is that these families with the kids, because they're sick, they've kind of been in their own lockdown you know, once once their kid becomes sick because they've got to be so careful about the child not, not yeah. getting any infections. Um, so we have carried on, you know, we wherever we can, we've, we've carried on as normal. We, we do face-to-face -face visits. We... You know, what we do for people is we have we, we provide them with a family support coordinator who walks beside each child and each family through the cancer journey. Now, that's been made tougher by, by lockdown, but when we've been allowed to, we're mm. still doing those visits and we're supporting them over the phone, we're supporting them over Zoom, and, and we're supporting them over FaceTime. And, yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've had, obviously, you know, a, a more of a core on our services over lockdown because people are obviously finding it harder. Um, and, obviously, we've had... Um, obviously more of a, a challenge raising the funds because people, they want to do stuff for us, but they, they've not been able to because of yeah. lockdown. They can't do, you know, normally they do their, their golf days and their fishing comps and that kind of stuff. And they've not mm. been able to this, this last couple of years. So it's, it's been tough. So we really appreciate the money you guys have raised for us. Oh, no worries. I wish we can do more. And we'll keep trying to do more throughout, uh, throughout our show on the Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Talk to us about... If, if we are able to raise money for you, where will this money go and how will it be used and what will we be able to, to do with the money to, to help these families? Okay, well, I mean, it's, you know, every, every single cent that's raised, we use it in the best possible way. And we are totally focused on the family, on, on helping them. We provide one-to-one -one personalized support. So every family is different. Yes. So what we do, they, they'll be mm. connected to one of our family support coordinators who will, who will work with them and they'll find out, hey, what's going well for you guys? What do you need some, some help on? And we will help them build that resilience so that they take control over the cancer, if you like, so the cancer doesn't try to rule their lives. And the sort of stuff we do, it, it's direct support, one-to-one -one support. It's things like um, grocery shops. If, if people sort of, you know, they're, they're, you know, they need some food on the table, that we'll, we'll get the grocery shops done. We'll get petrol paid for. So if kids need to get the treatment, you know, no kid will ever miss treatment because they can't afford to go. We'll make sure mm. they get the money so they can get to treatment. We will, right now, basically there are two cancer, cancer centers in New Zealand. There's Auckland, the Starship, and there's Christchurch at Chalk. And so that means a lot, a lot of kids have to travel, the families have to travel. So we make sure the families can stay connected, that the, the, the brothers and sisters can come see them in hospital, that mum and dad stay connected. Um, lots and lots mm. of things, even down the phone, phone top up so they can phone grandma. You know, it's all these mm. things to keep the families connected. And then when they leave hospital, it's about helping them get back to a normal life. 
So, you know, maybe, maybe sort of, you know, maybe they need some help in terms of, you know, when a child comes home, making sure that the house is just right. Maybe it needs some dehumidifiers or, or maybe, you know, they haven't got a fridge and they need to keep some medicines in the fridge. So, so you know, rather than a chili bin, we'll get them a fridge. This kind of stuff, everything, yeah. each family is different and we work with them to help them to get through this time. Um, and then obviously we, we socially connect them too. There, we have groups of what they call Fano Connect groups. These are people who've been through the experience themselves and we connect families with the Fano Connect groups so they can draw strength from other people who know what they're going through. So we really do all we can to support these families and, and to get these, these families through what is an extremely, extremely difficult time. And that's fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful work you and, and many, many people do around the country to help these families and these kids. And then quickly, before we just let you go, um, David, can you just let us know how do we support you? And, and if we're able to donate, where can we go? 100%. Absolutely. Well, so at the moment, we're doing something called the Great Kiwi Barbecue. Um, you can find about that mm-hmm. online if you look for greatkiwibarbecue.com on, online. Um, also, please go to childcancer.org.nz to support us with a donation on, on, online. And please, as we start to open up, as, as we start to be allowed to do more things and see more people and spend more time together, please, you know, if you want to do it, if you're going to do a golf day or a fishing day or, you know, a head shave or anything like that, anything you fancy doing, please get in touch with us via the website and let us know. We'd love to help you out to help us and help those families. Awesome. Well, we'll get that up on our Twitter page. David Baker, here's the Child Cancer Foundation General Manager. $596 coming your way courtesy of Harness Racing New Zealand. They've helped us do the pacing for purpose, but we did our best. But thank you so much for joining us on the Bears and Izzy for Breakfast show, and thanks for all the work that you do for these families in need. Good, good on you, lads. Thank you, Harness Racing New Zealand. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's really appreciated. Awesome. There we go, David Baker, Child Cancer Foundation General Manager. Great to chat to him, and hopefully we can raise some money. And if you can, and you can support them, we'll put it up on our uh, Twitter page and head along to Baz and Izzy for Breakfast Twitter page and go along and donate to Child Cancer Foundation. Anyway, coming up after the break, we're going to chat to Tom, Tom Abercrombie for Court Kings. He's going to talk about the breakers and some NBA. We'll be back shortly. Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Quarter to nine in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Give us a call on the Kennard Tire phone line 0800 150 811 or send us a text 8833 right throughout the day. We've got Smitty uh, who will follow us very soon and then we have staff in the afternoon, Kirsten Beef to take you home as well. So plenty going on here on SCNZ, it's now our time for a little bit of a catch-up with the legendary Tall Black, who's currently the injured captain of the Breakers. It's Tom Abercrombie, Court King's design, build and install basketball heaven at the moment. Things are pretty illustrious if you're a basketball fan. There's so much, so much hoops to follow around the globe. It's a big good morning to our friend Tom. How's the week been for the Breakers, lads, mate, ahead of the big match against 36ers tonight? Yeah, morning, fellas. Um, we've actually got the week off this week. Um, the guys played played Sydney um, uh, Sunday, and next game's up in up in Cairns uh, next Monday. Um, the schedule changes about every um, two days, so I don't mean <laughs> you for getting it mixed up. Yeah, no, you, you you got us a beauty there, then. Crikey! Oh well, they would you would have won if we were playing tonight, anyway. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> So how's it all going anyway? How are the lads? Are they uh, looking to try and get on a bit of a roll, mate? 
Yeah, yeah, and no, obviously we, um, you know, we had a, had a great game a couple of games ago against Illawarra and couldn't quite back it up against Sydney. Um, so it was a bit of a case of, you know, one step forwards and two step backwards. But, um, you know, still still a lot of belief that uh, we've got the pieces here to, to go on a little bit of a run. We've seen Tazzy, mm. the newcomers, the jack jumpers do that very thing. They've won, you know, five in a row and pretty much gone from the position we're in to the top four very quickly. So, you know, they've shown the blueprint uh, getting after it in the defensive end that um, you know, this can be done and we believe that we're capable of doing so. Um, you know, big week this week to get after things again and, and get back to basics. So hopefully we can put in a good show up in Kent. Hey, bro, it's great to have you on the show, Tom. Um, mate, it was such a disruptive season. Um, you know, like you just spoke about it. You know, like every day is changing. There's always cancelled games, delayed games. How, how are you and the and the lads? How are you guys approaching it and dealing with such disruption to? To know that you stay on task, like training-wise, you know, when you you try, it's like a horse. You're trying to build up to a perfect event, but then it gets pushed out again. So, how are you guys having to deal with that? Yeah, no, you're right. It's um, it's it's not ideal, you know. And in a, in a perfect world, you you know when your next game is, and um, you sort of time your preparation for that. Um, and you know, for one, you you can prepare for the team you know you're going to play. But um, when things get turned on their head so much that um, you, know, you just have to focus on yourselves a little bit more which which is great for us because um, you know we've shown that there's still some you know things to work out as a team and how we want to play and um, whilst we've shown that we, we can be a really good team at times it is kind of on us and, and practice to go out and replicate that in a day in day out environment to try and get some consistency to how we're going so in a way, um, having the schedule a little bit jumbled up is, is a good thing for us because, um, you know, I think it just means we have to go out there and focus on what we do. Um, and you just have mm. to keep an open mind and understand that every team's going through the same thing. Every team's had breaks at different stages um, and take sort of each day as it comes, as cliche as it is. <laughs> well, mate, we spoke to you a week ago. Is there any magical formula? How are you going? You back? Are you, you know, <laughs> what's the progress like in a week? You, you know, have you just well, I have actually had, had a, a lot, magic formula? I've, what? I've had a lot of progress, mate. Yeah, well, I actually had yeah, a bit of a um, infection in the in the old ankle um, as it was recovering. So uh, I had a little course of antibiotics, and swelling's gone way down. Um, so I was actually able to do some do some running the last couple of days, which was fantastic. Just to get on my feet again and feel myself moving around the court. Um, so hopefully that's the sort of the start of the comeback and um, yeah, working my way back now. Hopefully, sort of early early March I can be back out with the boys. Oh, I'm sure they're looking forward to to getting you back and everyone in New Zealand be looking forward to seeing you putting on that drip breakers singlet again, mate. Talking about the other singlets around the world, the NBA is heating up. You played against some Lamelo Ball last year and he's gone over and just blowing up the league. Have you been uh, keeping an eye on the NBA, man? What's your what's your take on the whole NBA at the moment? Yeah, look, I, I keep a, keep an eye from afar, and it's um, you know it's been an interesting season, I guess, a little bit like us with, with so many guys popping in and out through COVID protocols. But um, yeah. I guess it's that time of year where the, the cream starts rising to the top, and there's been some things which haven't been too much of a surprise. Um, I think Milwaukee back up the top, and Phoenix. I think Golden State have 
probably shocked a few people, but um, I think I told you in the preseason they'd be there or thereabouts. Memphis is playing some awesome basketball with Jar and oh, yeah. um, you know, Steve holding it down the middle, which is cool to see. And then we've got the All-Star game this weekend, which is going to be a bit of fun too. Yeah, yeah it's spot on. There is plenty of basketball to follow, that's for sure. And we look forward to keep getting you back on as well, Tom. So all the best with uh, your recovery, mate, and hopefully the boys can get it done over there in the next week or so as well, get on a bit of a roll. But thanks heaps for joining us again here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Cheers, Tom. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Legend Tom Abercrombie, and that was our Court Kings update. Take your love of the game to the next level at home, school, or community with the courtkings.co.nz. Tom Abercrombie, he good dude, eh? Real good dude. Always, he's a good dude. Always uh, enjoy chatting to Tom. Hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. Infection sounds a bit niggly. Yeah. Want infection. Yeah. Yeah. I know he's, he's he's getting on a wee bit now, but back in the day, I, I, th- I thought, mate, he might have a chance to go to the NBA. So he was uh, he's having a few injuries as late as he comes with age, but he was pretty good, man. Yeah. Do you remember? And we, next week we're going to ask him about it. Do you remember when the Breakers played, and Baz, you would have seen this probably go, it went viral, when the Breakers went and played the Memphis Grizzlies in an NBA preseason game, and he dunked all over Jaron Jackson Jr., who's like a really Ooh. good player, and it was he yeah. was in his rookie preseason, and Tom Abercrombie seriously like threw it down like a full-on, like it was hectic. So we'll put it up on our Twitter, and then mm. we're going to ask him about it next week because I reckon that's a moment of glory for his career. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> like it. Like it. Speaking of a moment of glory for careers, we're going to cross over to Smitty shortly for our temper sleep on it with the doyen, the voice of sport of all of New Zealand. I've got a question I want to ask him as well, and I'm also going to give him an update on, on something. We'll do that in just a minute. Back very soon.